This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Andy Weidel, uh, Dan Colbert, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. Um, I'll have to say 2023 and beyond soon, but obviously it's the season of 2022. Um, and a roster that's going to compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy and a roster that it's nice to be able to say they got the win last week, uh, which really helps us in terms of, you know, trying to finish with a running record, maybe even scraping the playoffs by, they're like a 1% chance. I know Marky D's been saying this week, my co-host for Touchdown Under. So, you know, uh, it's a long shot, but we'll talk a little bit about that in the show today. Obviously, we'll do the rookies on the Steelers side, the rookie report and the rookie report for the opposing team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'll try not to say Oakland Raiders as much as I can. Uh, I definitely won't be saying LA Raiders because that was a little bit, I was quite a young kid, a bit before my time, before they went into Oakland. But um, yeah, I think it's quite interesting. Las Vegas Raiders, obviously, they start off the season a bit similar to the Steelers, uh, losing a bunch of games. They lost the, the you know four from their first five. Um, headed into the bye in week six, tried to turn things around. And it's kind of similar. And you sort of think, well, is this what the Steelers would have been like um, had they had the bye earlier on than what they had it? But since that bye uh, in week six, they've had five wins uh, and four losses uh, going into this week. They're six and eight as well. So it's kind of, we had the tough run, but then they've got to, after the Steelers, they've got to play the 49ers and the Chiefs and hope that the Chargers lose every game. Um, if they're going to somehow scrape in the playoffs. So I think they're a quite a small chance um, in there. If they haven't already been knocked out, I haven't seen anything official that says they've been knocked out. So it's, it's harder there, but um Obviously, you know, the, we've got a, a level record with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Denver Broncos are not going to overtake them. So they might they might scrape in there, particularly with how weak the AFC South is. Um, but obviously, the AFC East is looking pretty good with every team there at a record of 500 or better. Um, so it's going to be pretty hard uh, to see two teams from either the... Um, I mean, even the Chargers at 8-6 could have, you know... If they lost all their games, they might not even make the playoffs. So um, it's going to be pretty hard to see a t- two teams, um, well, three teams in the AFC North because the Ravens should somehow, you know, they should scrape in there if they can get a, another couple of wins, like two from their last three. You're not going to see the Browns, the Steelers, or probably the Raiders and even the Chargers in the playoffs at this point. Um, and I know that seems odd for me to say with the Chargers. I just don't, I don't think that team is um, necessarily going to win out. Um, and be able to do it. But, you know, we'll see. And that's why the NFL is not run on paper. That's why the NFL games are played each week. And if we think about the immaculate reception um, and what they did for the Steelers, you know, there were 22 seconds to go in that game and it changed uh, the course of, you know, really a franchise. That's why we as Steel fans called an immaculate reception. And so you got to play to that whistle. you got to play every game like it means something. Uh, and, I, and I do think, 
with this Steelers team, this is a good time to be versing the Raiders. Uh, this is, I said this at the start of the season when I predicted the record, I said the same thing midway through the season on bye week when I did touch on under with Shannon White. This game, I felt particularly um, going into it when I did the preview of the record with Marky D um, in the bye week before the season started, I said, this could be a really good game because this either will cement the Steelers' playoffs hopes um, or it'll be two cellar dwellers, um, you know, that are, are fighting for a bit of respect. And that's kind of what it is with six and eight. It doesn't get either team to a, an a 500 record. That'd be even cooler if it did. Um, but it's certainly for Pittsburgh, um, it helps us go into the the final stretch against Baltimore away and then and Browns at home. Um, you win this game and, you know, you... That, that you can cross your fingers and hope for a miracle kind of thing um, that they can go in again and win against bot win out this for the rest of the season. But they, wouldn't that be good? Imagine if this, the Steelers won off, uh, off a four-game um, win streak to close out the season. That would be pretty cool. Um, they had that game. I always said that that game at um, home, that game away against Baltimore needed to be the game that they had up their sleeve, sleeve to lose by winning at home. Now they've got to do it the hard way. Now they've just got to win on, they go out and win on the road. Um, and this Steelers team's done that through the course of its history. Um, but that's sort of a state of play when it comes to, uh, um, <laughs> say LA, LV. Um, I'm glad I caught myself there. So one of the other things I wanted to look at uh, before we kick in the rookie reports is how a little look at the offensive stats. Now, obviously, through 14 games, the Steelers are not last in the league on offense. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're 27th in terms of points scored with 251, Tennessee at 255. We're talking four points. Um, there's a bigger buffer between Pittsburgh, um, and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay being at 28. Uh, so they are only the sixth worst team in the league, but they're not in the top, in the top, in the fourth worst teams in the league. And that's pretty good when you're starting what we saw from Trubisky at the start and you're starting a rookie in Kenny Pickett and you've got virtually, you know, you've got a, um, Let's call it an influx rather than an inferior run game because when they do get going, it's good. It's just it's taken a while this season to get that going. Then when you talk about yards from the offensive perspective, and I know the defense has really hurt us in some games this season, really hurt us, but the Steelers, again, 26 in the league for yardage. That's You could expect it to be much worse uh, given all the context of quarterback play, a young wide receiver room, um, a framework that, you know, uh, framework is definitely well covered. Um, Najee Harris injured a lot of the year, even if he's been playing, he's clearly not being himself. You know, that this is, this could be a lot worse. Um, I'm not saying you renew Matt Canada. I know that's been some of the narrative on some of the other Pittsburgh media, um, this week, but, um, that, that he can stay. But I, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying the offense is definitely a lot better than it could be, um, from an optimist, you know, perspective. The Steelers are also not the last in the league in terms of yards per per play anymore, which is really, really helpful for them. Haven't been that for a couple of weeks now, but um, 4.9 yards. There are three teams in the league that have five yards, so they could even be in the top 25. So even out of the worst quarter um, there for, for yards gained. First downs as well, they're 18th in the league. Now that it's an, it's an interesting stat. I've never really deeply, deeply cared about first downs, but this year I have because of the young offense. Um, and I think I will care about it a bit more, but I've, you know, the fact the Steelers are getting these shows are in games. It's kind of, this is where, this is the sort of stat that sort of talks to the interceptions or the sh- and struggles they've had in the red zone. 
and how they're not converting them. Because if you're 18th in the league like this, they're putting themselves in a position to win or they're being able to hold out in games. Um, it also speaks to a better run game than what we've seen in previous years. So, um, you know, that's from a total, the total yards perspective. From past yards, uh, the Steelers are uh, 24th in the league. So again, not even, only just been into that worst quarter um, in the league, the touchdowns, they're the worst team in the league for those with nine. Um, then they've got 13 receptions, which is in the top six in the league or equal fifth. Um, and so that that, right, that touchdown interception ratio is not not great. Um, that's been a slight for those that criticize Kenny Pickett. I don't think it is. I think it's him not wanting to throw dumb balls and keep them in games to win. And obviously he's had a few close to the line, you know, rushing touchdowns as um, Jabriski did this week as well. Um, so... From that perspective, again, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that deep stat. From a rush yards perspective, again, we expected the Steelers to be doing really terrible. Well, the Steelers going into week 15, going into their um, into this game, are 18th in the league. 18th. Uh, that's pretty cool. 20 yards away from 17th, um, about 50, well, let's call it uh, 100 yards there away from being in the top 15 league, the top half of the league. Amazing. Um, <laughs> in terms of touchdowns as well, they're in the, almost, they're just sitting out there equal 10th um, or equal, actually, sorry, I tie for eighth um, with the Falcons, the 49ers, the Titans and the Steelers all having, and the Ravens, nope, sorry, Steelers, yeah, the four of them all having 14 t- rushing touchdowns. That's I mean, you're talking about the 49ers, the Titans, and the Falcons. The Falcons have got like everything to be rushing um, this season. That that's, that's an incredible result. But the one stat that I did find really interesting in offense that really shocked me, and, and it, it's a really real plus for the Steelers, uh, is the turnover, percentage of drives ending in an offensive turnover, particularly coming off the back of what we saw from Trubisky, um in the Baltimore game. Steelers are 21st in the league. Now, technically, again, that's a tie for 20th with the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Miami Dolphins all averaging 10.1%. So that's 10.1% of drives end in a turnover. Now, that might seem really high, but the high is for the Colts at 16.4%. The Rams are at 14.5%. The Bills are at 14%, um, which you might find interesting. Jacksonville Jaguars are at 12%. Kansas City Chiefs, 11.6%. Uh, the Green Bay Packers at 11.6%, the Jets and the Ravens are uh, and in 113 um, and 10.8% respectively. The best team in the league is the New York Giants with 6.8%. And you might say, well, that's because they don't have much of an offense. The Bengals at 86 they're probably them and the Philadelphia Eagles with 85 They're the best teams with the lowest amount of drives ending in an offensive turnover. Um, the Chargers are pretty close, which is interesting. The Detroit Lions are pretty close, and I think you've seen that in how they've turned their season around and their fortunes around this season. Um, and the Raiders are interestingly only at 9.9% as well. So that's going to mean for the Steelers this week, those turnovers you might not get. So you definitely got to be careful about committing, you know, this, you know, actually um, for having turnovers on the offensive side of the football. The other cool thing I did that um, I'll share before we take a quick break because I'm going to get rolling, um, then we'll do both the sets of rookies, is I had a look at teams that started six and eight, six and eight on the season and where they finished up. Because really, like, it's it's important to look at where the Steelers' record is 
And is that miracle still alive? Or can they even just finish with a positive record? Um, that's what I'm really interested to see. So of teams um, that started the season with a 6-8 and eight record, going back to 1978 when they did 16 games, because I found a few of them with the 14 games, but that was what they finished with. They didn't play any games after that. Um, so that kind of, that, that wasn't great. Now, if you look between 86 and 78, um, no team ended up finishing with more than a 500 record, right? No team did that. So um, the Steelers finished 7 and 9 in 1985 when they were 6 and 8 um, through those first 14 week games of the season. Um, so, you know, that, did, that didn't translate for us to anything else there. And then hopefully there are some of you that I've listened to this that you remember what that season was like six years before I was born. So I can't deeply talk about that. Um, that would be That would be really foolish of me to do so. Um, but if you look between 87 uh, and 1994, again, you saw team, a bunch of teams finished six, six and eight, a bunch of teams, um, sorry, eight and eight, a bunch of teams finished six and 10, a bunch of teams seven and nine. No one ended up um, with that, like going beyond that. But of course, you're sitting there going, well, of course it wouldn't because it was 500 record. But what I'm, I also mean by going beyond it is playoffs. No one went to the playoffs. No one to playoffs 1978 to 1986. In 1987 to 1994, one team made the playoffs and they lost, and that was the New Orleans Saints in 1990. In, in the years two, 1995 to 2001, the Steelers uh, were not in that mix that started off a season in six and eight, and no team in that six-year run, even though that there are like a stacks of teams, I think there's like 20 teams um, that this is segmenting them in on Pro Football Reference into, no team um, participated in the playoffs. In uh, So you're seeing the chances that Steelers are pretty low here this season, but it's worth having a look at. Again, uh, in the years 2001 to 2007, there was one team start of the season six and eight that made it into the playoffs, and that was um, the St. Louis Rams. They won their wildcard game. And then they lost in the in the um lost the divisional in the divisional round, so they that, that's kind of interesting performance from them. Then in two thousand and seven to two thousand and fifteen, two teams made the playoffs after finishing six and eight. Now one of those teams actually made when the playoffs seven and nine. That was the twenty ten Seahawks. Uh, they won their wild card round, lost in the division. And the San Diego Chargers in 2008 also won their playoff and lost, well, won their, sorry, their wildcard game and lost their divisional round game. And then the only other team is that team from 2020, the Washington football team uh, that ended the Steelers uh, 11-0, the sort of start to the season, and they lost in the wildcard round. So, look, the chances are are slim. The chances do not... uh, you know, do not look good, even if the Steelers were to somehow scrape into playoffs. Obviously, we've got the 17th game, so that changes the equation here a little bit. Um, if you finish nine and eight, uh, whether you're going to make into the playoffs, which is why I hate the odd game season. I just think move to move to an 18 game season, 18 game season, and be done with it. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, it'd be an immaculate, you know, um, perception to think that this Steelers team is going to do in the playoffs. But we can still finish the season strong and we still can see so much from the Steelers rookies. And I'm really excited to preview them and what they've done on the season so far when we join you join me back after the break. Day through, coming. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host this week of the show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Andy Weidel, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that is now 6-8 on the season, a roster that won their last game out against... Oh, what did it take a break? Big breath. <laughs> ah, out of breath. Anyway, so let's move into the Steelers uh, roster. We've got and the rookies, we have got Connor Haywood. Now, Connor Haywood obviously had that cool touchdown against Atlanta. Uh, against Carolina, only played in four offensive snacks, snaps, 6% of those. He played 64% of the special team snaps with 16 of those. Um, so, again, Connor Haywood, want to see him work in the offense. I actually think he'll be really key for the Steelers' offense in this game, um, particularly with Pickett back. They seem to have a bit of a connection there. Um, but he'll be a really key sort of player, particularly with the way you think about the way the Raiders use tight ends, the way that we've been marked up on with Freemuth. The Raiders will be prepared for a, a Steelers run game that's starting to find some sort of groove. Uh, so I think when it comes to Connor Haywood, I, th- I think we could see something again from him offensively, whether it's a game-changing play or just a critical um, you know, change of downs there. Next on the list is DeMarvin Liao, who's been back the last couple of weeks. Um, he played 26% of the defensive snaps with 12. Alex Highsmith actually referenced DeMarvin Liao in his um, it was a post-game press conference he did about talking about getting Liao back on the line, help beef them up, help them in the run game um, in terms of what they wanted to do there. DeMarvin Liao also played 16% of the special team snaps with four snaps, so starting to contribute. Again, we're looking for him to go, you know, into um, the the rest of the season and finish finish strongly. I think it'd be really key in, the, in this game, uh, particularly against Baltimore and Cleveland in the run game. Um, so hopefully he can help sh- shut down Josh Jacobs um, from the Las Vegas Raiders, who's starting to ha- who's having one of his best seasons um, as well. He won that game for them against I think it was Indy at the, in the, in um, in overtime or just before overtime. We then have George Pickens, um, George Malik Pickens Jr. George Pickens in this last game, two receptions of five targets for 26 and a half yards. Um, average yards per target of 10, caught 40% of those balls, money two from five, played 66% of the offensive snaps. So kind of a bit low, but you, you think about the run game and the Steelers running the football. In some ways, it makes sense. Um, 45 snaps. He only played one special team snap. Uh, he's Look, on the season so far, 42 receptions. So he should hopefully finishes strong with over 50 receptions. Um, and probably over 80 targets. It's got 683 yards, average yards per reception of 15.3, two TDs. You love them to get, let's say, 50 receptions, 800 plus yards, five TDs. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I think Kenny Pickett being back this weekend might actually help Pickens out. Uh, people talked about the connection there um, with Trubitsky, but obviously Deontay had a big part to play in the win against Carolina. So, I don't know. I'm just a fan of Pickens. I, I can't wait for year two of George Pickens. 
Then uh, Jalen Warren, who was cited by Brian Baldinger for his blitz pickups, um, that he had 11 rushes for 38 yards in this game against Carolina. So it was an important contributor there. He had one reception off one target for 11 yards as well. So um, he's, the, the number that describes his performance this game was 11. <laughs> um, but so caught obviously 100% of those balls, one TD um, as well. Um, so, you know, that's kind of cool um, from Jalen Warren. Uh, so yeah, just exciting sort of game for him um, in in this last week's performance. Played thirty four percent of the offensive snaps, twenty three of the twenty three snaps in total. He played nine special team snaps, um, thirty six. So that was thirty six percent of the special team snaps. He now has two hundred and forty four yards in season one TD, uh, fifty three rush yards, um, one hundred and seventy eight receiving yards, twenty one receptions off twenty four targets. Uh, he has played on the season so far 30% of special team snaps, 30% of the offensive snaps. Not bad for an undrafted rookie. Not bad. He will be a contributor um, next season as well for the Steelers. But down the stretch, if they can pull off and and, and win um, these three next games and somehow give themselves half a shot at the playoffs. Then you got Mark Robinson, who a lot of a lot of people were like, oh, does this mean we're going to see more of Mark Robinson with Miles Jack out? Are we going to see more of Mark Robinson moving forward? Well, Mike Tomlin in his press conference um, they, on Tuesday, which comes out my Wednesday, obviously this show comes out in the US's Wednesday. So however many hours ago it was now for me, 12, 14 hours ago at the time I, I'm me recording, he said there wasn't enough of a sample size to make a bold statement. Hopefully he'll get more opportunity. And with the professionalism that uh, Mark Robinson's showing across the details, they are confident um, with his ability to perform um, on if those opportunities arise. So I had to paraphrase the end there, but that's basically what he said. Um, now, Mark Robinson's only played seven defensive snaps on the season, five special team snaps. So it's very hard to grade him. There's no other stats you know, there's no according to proof of reference, no tackles or anything like that. So, um, you know, very hard from that perspective to put, fully put a quantifier on Mark Robinson. But again, he's getting game time, and they're providing confident. They're confident in him, and he was a seventh round draft pick, and he's only been a linebacker like what was it like a year of college? Um, again, one to watch going into the next couple of years. Then we've got the last bloke, Kenny Shane Pickett, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike, Mike Tomlin was pretty affirming that he only had to tick a box in the concussion protocol uh, and that he would be playing this week in this week's game. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett back. I think Kenny Pickett's going to do well. Um, and, you know, Kenny, there was kind of a cool question that was asked in the press conference of Mike Tomlin today, which did Kenny, was it good that Kenny was on the sidelines? Did he get a chance? Um to did he get a chance to see things that he might not have seen, you know, and what have you? And Mike Tom was kind of like, I preferred experience is more important than that. Um, but, but if he did great, if he didn't, fine, kind of thing. Like it was a bit more blase. But I think Kenny will have sat there and, and seen it, like seen a few things from that. Obviously, you can cast during the Baltimore game. I've been concussing the game before. You don't really, things are a bit vague after that. So Daddy was sitting there analyzing every play in Baltimore during the game um, or against Baltimore, obviously it was played at Akershaw, um, but he would have been certainly the tape and what that looked like and the things they were doing and certainly ahead of knowing that they're going to play them, particularly going to week 17, but he will definitely be on, on, you know, 
on his best this week against Las Vegas Raiders. I like they went back to him. I like they're not doing this flip-flop and then we lose the game with Trubisky and everyone's like, oh, you got to bring, you know, Kenny Pickett back and it all gets really messy. I like the Steelers. Like, nope, he's the quarterback. He's who we're going with, close out the season. I like that. Um, you know, I was a fan of seeing Mason Rudolph in this game. I was pretty vocal about that on TDU. I'm not going to say that I didn't, I didn't agree with that or pull that back. Good on Trubisky, won that game. That's good for him. He seems like a really lovely guy. I just think that there are other options for the Steelers at quarterback. And moving on to the Raiders rookies. So they've got quite a few rookies for us to crack through. As always, I try and categorize the guys that are playing more on special teams or only on special teams. So the first one of those guys is Britton Brown, who's a running back, six foot one, 205 pounds out of UCLA, drafting the seventh round, 250 overall. Uh, he wears jersey number 38. Um, 25 years old. He's played 36% of the special team snaps for them on the season so far with 39 snaps. He's played in four games. Each of those four games, he played um, more than a third of, or one game played 32%, but we'll call it a third of the special team's snaps. And that's weeks 10, 11, 14 um, as well. Then the next player on our list is Dylan Parham, who I actually mocked to the Steelers much later, like fifth round, sixth round, definitely sixth round if he was there. Um, he was at Memphis, um, maybe even the fourth round. I didn't think he'd get taken so high as 90th overall in the third round, but he was. Um, he's an offensive lineman. Um, the pro football reference have him at 285 pounds. I actually think he's a little bit bigger than that, but he's six foot three. He's a guard center. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But he has played um, 100% of the offensive snaps in weeks two, three, four, five, seven, eight, and nine. Obviously, they had the buy in week six, um, 10, week 11, week 12, um, week 13. He played 98% of the snaps in week 14 and only 40% last week. Um, so it might have been a health issue related. I, I don't sit there and watch, um, you know, Raiders football. It's not, it's not something that I get my kick out of. I like it when my kick out of Steelers football. He's played special teams as well this season. Um, the season high 21% in week or 22%, sorry, in week seven, a season low of no, no special team snaps. Um, not that necessarily a low, um, against New Orleans in week eight. So on the season so far, he has played 93% of the offensive snaps. And 16% of special team snaps. He wears jersey number 66. Um, and he's had two penalties on the season, both for holding. And they've got him listed as guard, but it's quite funny. He definitely must be weighing more than that 285 pound. The next guy on the list is Taylor Munford, who is another offensive lineman that I, again, I mocked the Steelers quite late. They took him in the, the Raiders took him in the seventh round. I didn't mock him very often. I thought he'd go, I actually thought he'd go undrafted. Um, potentially, but he's six foot six, 320 pounds, according to Pro Football Reference. Started four games, played in 14, um, had a season high of 100% of the snaps in both week 11 and week three, but he played 70% over 60. Sorry, he played 70 snaps over 66 snaps in week three versus week 11. Um, he's played a season low of like, um, as a depth piece for them, of like 7% of the offensive snaps when he only had five snaps in week 10. Played on special teams as well. He wears jersey number 77. He's had four penalties this season, uh, two holding, one false start, and they haven't equated what the other one was. I hate when they do that, when they break down the penalties and they don't do that, but that's that's what it is. Um, so he's played on the season 39% of the offensive snaps, 17% of the special team's snaps. The next gentleman on the list, or the next Raider on the list, 
is Darian Butler. Now, he went undrafted. He's a linebacker, six foot, 230 pound. He's only played on special teams this season, um, and he has played a season high of 87% of the special teams snaps in week 10, a season low of like 57% in week, or 53%, sorry, last week. Uh, that almost caught me out. Um, he's combined for 10 tackles on the season so far on special teams uh, there. He's played 70% of their special team snaps on the season so far. Where's Jersey number 58? Depth piece for them uh, as in the linebacking core, if anything. Um, he also has allowed one completion off one target, which is kind of interesting. They must have had a special teams play against some weather team through it, through the football. Um, so, yeah, kind of interesting from, from him. Uh, Darian Butler, but again, you, you're only really looking for him to make a play for the Raiders on special teams. The next player on the list is Isaiah Polamao. Um, presuming that's how you do it. I've seen a similar name and what we pronounce in rugby down under, uh, but he's a safety, six foot four, 210 pound out of USC, went undrafted, played in eight games, um, played a little bit on defense, mostly on special teams on the season. He's played 61% of the special team snaps and about 10% of the defensive snaps. He wears jersey number um, 20. He's been targeted seven times, uh, allowed five completions. That's completion percentage is 71.4% for 36 yards. No TDs, quarterback rating of 83 when he plays in there at safety. He actually has a sack on the season, one quarterback knockdowns, been on four blitz plays, made two quarterback pressures, and missed no tackles. So you may see him on certain packages. He's a big guy, like 6'4", 210 pound. He's a big guy. Um, so out of USC there, and we know that they like to use safeties. Um, and so, you know, he moved from the – he was added to the practice squad in October. He had to have to be waived in September, but that was more transactional because he got waived on the 29th, went back to the team on October 1st. They signed him to the active roster on November 9th. So he's only had the chance to really participate Um in that latter half of the season, although he did play in some early games during the season, the start of, sorry, to kick off the season. And believe it or not, we have still have five Raiders, rookie Raiders to go. Uh, the rookie Raiders, um, but the Raiders in drafted in the fourth round this year, they drafted Zamir White, running back out of Georgia, six foot, 215 pounds, so more like change of pace guy for them. Uh, he has played only 5% of the offensive snaps on the season so far only 18% of the special team snaps. So really not a lot. Um, he has four first downs, 16 rush attempts for 66 yards. Um, that's yards per, per before contact of 36 yards, yards after contact then of 30 yards. Um, on special teams, we don't have any tackle. No, he's got no tackles or anything there. So um, yeah, season high of 28 rush yards. In, in uh, week 12 against Seattle, he's had minus seven in the game against Kansas City. He had two yards in week two, two yards in week seven. Um, so he's not a guy that you're going to necessarily see as the number one guy. Obviously, he's sitting there behind Josh Jacobs, who's having a pretty good season for them. Um, and he wears jersey number 35. Moving on to Sam Webb, who is a six foot two, 195 pound um, player out of there, out of Missouri Western State. Again, they've not listed his position, but he's a cornerback. I knew he was in the secondary. Um, three pass defenses, one fumble on the season so far. He's only started three games. 32 tackles on the season. 
Um, so he's he's actually he's contributing there, particularly for an undrafted guy. He's a bit like uh, you know Jalen Warren is for us. He was jersey number twenty seven. He's played thirty four percent of the defensive snaps, seventeen percent of special team snaps. So contributing more in defense and special teams. Um, but you can look out for him in this game because again, I think in packages is where you're going to see this guy. Um, but that's uh, Sam Webb who wears jersey number twenty seven. Next guy on our list is a linebacker, 234 pounds, six foot one, is out of Wake Forest, a team that I watched quite a bit of football of last year um, in the college. Um, and he is basically, he went undrafted. Yes, he did. Um, whereas Jersey number 59 has played 18% of the special team snaps on the season so far for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's played 74% of the special team snaps. In, as a linebacker, he has allowed 100% completion. So eighth and eight is allowed for 59 yards and one TD. Um, that allowed, it means he's allowed a quarterback rating of like 137.0, which is pretty high. Um, he's missed two tackles as well, which you don't want to see from that this position at linebacker. He said one, he's only participated on one blitz play. I say, where's Jersey number 59? Again, you might see him a little bit on special teams because he played 53% of those last week. And, you, and he actually played 68% of the defensive snaps last week as well. So you may see more from him as they go in toward the end of the season. Again, if the Steelers' run game starting to churn, you might see him come in um, to help them out. Speaking of run game and, and defending against that, they also selected a defensive end or defensive tackle as well, 6'4", 319 pounds, Neil Farrell out of LSU. He was driving the fourth round. Interesting, Neil Farrell is one of those guys, like LSU didn't have a good year, so he didn't have a very high draft stock, but he's a guy that I did hear about um, on the Tapeheads NFL draft show that's done by NFL Network uh, right before the season started and before the draft started, sorry, I think. And uh, he'd climbed up and then people thought he had performed well through the draft process. So people were thinking somewhere like fourth to sixth round. I think he's definitely going to be a sixth round. A lot of mock drafts you see him in the sixth, seventh, not even taken. Um, but the Raiders drafted in there. Obviously, Raiders doing that whole Leatherwood thing and drafting from you know top schools. Uh, but look, he has played in some games this season so far. He's played in uh, 4% special team snaps, 31% of the defensive snaps, but he is an interior defensive tackle there. Um, on the season so far, he has one quarterback knockdown, one pressure, 10 tackles, one missed. Not too bad. So he's kind of got more stats on the season than DeMar Blanau does. Uh, so not that it's competition directly between those two, but it gives it perspective for you. Um, and he's only played special teams in one game, and that was against Jacksonville. So you probably won't see uh, him there. You won't see number 92 for them there. But I would expect you do see him th- you know, really pressuring the Steelers' run game. Um, and hopefully he doesn't get find his way to Kenny Pickett either. And then the next player on the list, the last player from the rookie Raiders cohort is Matthew Butler, defensive tackle, taken in the fifth round. So taken after Farrell. Um, so they really look to get younger in that position. He was taken out of Tennessee, 64, 295 pounds. I had him rated even behind Farrell. So this kind of fits with what I had him rated with, but I, I had him going seventh round to a few teams. Um, so, you know, Again, teams liked him great. Um, but he played 4% of the special team snaps in the season so far. He's played 15% of the defensive snaps. He has one pressure, five tackles, no missed tackles on the season so far. Whereas jersey number 73, uh, he has half a sack as well. Um, so that's something to take note of that he's getting the quarterback there. 
Uh, he, again, it, it, he's probably, I guess, on their depth chart behind Neil Farrell based on what I'm seeing from snaps and stats. Um, but yeah, Matthew Butler's another one that you may want to look out for. Again, I think you probably see him in that run game or as a package um, player as well. Um, and so with that, that wraps up really all the Raiders rookies. And it wraps up today's show. I just want to wish everyone in Steeler Nation in BTSC listeners cohort. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully we you guys can start your Christmas day with a Steelers win. It's still to be seven and eight. Hopefully I can um finish my Christmas day with a Steelers win because Steelers will play at lunchtime um down under. That's what the that's the way it works um with the time zones. And so yeah, like uh again, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Um, go Steelers into 2023. And uh, hopefully what we're going to see in closing out the season will set us up for a very successful um, 2023 Steelers season. So as always, go Steelers. Steelers.